Thank you for joining us wherever you are. This podcast episode is brought to you by the Old Ways Actual Play Team. This actual play uses the 7th edition Call of Cthulhu tabletop role-playing game rules by Chaos. This actual play is performed by adults and in an adult setting. While we try very hard to stick to language for all ages, listeners should know that this podcast may include mature themes. All content, including names, places, events, companies, and etc., that may bear resemblance to entities living or dead, is strictly coincidental. My name is Michael Diamond, and for tonight's game, I will be your keeper. Previously on the Old Ways Podcast. Well, I am definitely not going back to sleep after that. I want to look at what's going on in London. And it looks like uh, only, uh, only they can only be part of the eclipse in London, uh, rather than everything that you saw in New York. Yeah, I kind of wish we would have had a partial eclipse. And I write on the message, Dear Mr. Taft, I would be honored to join you for dinner this evening. Sincerely, Ms. Lillian Lane. Thank you for joining us again on another episode of the Old Ways Podcast. I am your keeper, Keeper Michael, and we are going to continue our oceanic voyage with the investigators traveling from New York to England, specifically Southampton Docks. And I have with me a modified crew that you're used to hearing uh, every week. So to my right is now Miss Lane. I'm Morgan. I play Lillian Lane, and I really wish it'd go below 80 degrees here. It is awfully hot here where we are at. Uh, I uh, No sin uh, more coveted these days than central air. Uh, at the end of the table. This is Jake. I'm playing Jack Doyle. Um, I wish the humidity would go under 80%. I do wish the humidity would go in or 80%. Uh, and then to uh, to his right. This is James. Uh, I will be playing Dr. Sigmund Tartenbach. And uh, it's they say it is the humidity that does you in. Uh, and last but most certainly not least. Tiffany, uh, I'm playing Maeve O'Shea and Hot Things Weather. Yeah. Now, the nice part about this is that we get to transport ourselves to... Uh, the end of January in uh, in the Atlantic Ocean. So uh, we'd like you to push all those heat waves in your memories and your senses aside and buckle in for a icy, cold, breezed Atlantic journey. Um, so tonight we start with a knock on your door, Miss Lane. It is very early in the morning. Um, you'd had drinks and dinner and had a chance to walk the ship and see what the Aquitania had to offer. And just by the uh, color outside the window, outside your cabin window, you can tell that it's very early when you're roused by uh, a rather swift knock at your door. I get up and I put on a robe. Okay. And I go and peek the door open slightly. You see a gentleman there, older, probably mid-40s, uh, blonde hair, which is tucked under uh, a crewman cap. He's wearing a button-downed jacket. Uh, you see several bits of uh, bronze 
piping on the sleeves. He looks like he's a member of the crew. Uh, he nods to you and kind of bows his head. He doesn't really make a whole lot of eye contact uh, and says, I'm terribly sorry to uh, rouse you, Miss Lane, but uh, I, the, uh, this, the, he points down the hallway. There's a, there's an issue with one of the rooms here uh, that came under your reservation. Really? Yes, ma'am. He steps back a little bit just to not crowd the doorway. What seems to be the problem? Uh, it's it's a well, it's a smell. Uh, there's there's a problem with the room. You see, um, if you peek kind of down the hall a bit, you see that there are several. Uh, maybe several is the wrong word. There are two crewmen outside of Mister Forsyth's room. Uh, they have the door open a bit, and uh, they seem to be the crewmen seem to be covering their mouths and nose with uh, handkerchiefs. Um, shall we go take a look? He, the crewman in front of you kind of gestures you down the hall. I'm going to stop at uh, Mr. Doyle's door and knock on that door. Okay. Uh, Jack, your uh, wartime senses pick up uh, the wrapping of knuckles on your door. Oh, this is too early. Okay. I, I get up and stumble to the door. You stumble to the door and you smell the, you smell a whiff of alcohol still on your breath from yesterday. Open it up. And Miss Lane is standing outside your door. Miss Lane, what do I owe these dubious pleasure this morning? Um, there's The crew woke me up. There seems to be a problem with Mr. Forsyth's room. Do you want to come with me to check it out? Sure. Splendid. I will uh, lead the way. Okay. Now you see some very similar, you see some, this is similar sights as Miss Lane saw in the hallway, which is a couple of crewmen outside uh, Mr. Forsyth's cabin. The door is slightly ajar. They are standing outside of it. They they have their mouths and nose covered with handkerchiefs. Uh, and they seem to be just eyeing the room. Certainly hope he didn't die from his wounds. <laughs> I was thinking about that. It's not funny. <laughs> it's not funny. <laughs> you arrive at the doorway. Uh, one of the men, uh, the crewman, stands aside. Uh, careful, sir. There's an awful stench. It's at that point when he says the word stench that it hits you like a knuckle sandwich. And you smell this rolling collection of sickly honeyed wood. And then there is this undertone of what smells like roasted meat. And it's not a pleasant meat smell. I gag a little bit. Why don't you stay here? Mm, that's a good idea. Door locked? Uh, no, the door that, when you arrive, the door is open. Okay, so uh, I'll uh, step into the room. Uh, you step into the room, you see the room itself seems relatively uh, unused. It seems untouched. It looks like the bed in the room itself has a massive black mark on it. Uh, and this black mark is centered mostly on the bed near the pillow. And then it kind of runs up the wall. It almost looks like a fire was started in here, but the fire itself didn't 
damage anything. It didn't damage the bedding itself. It didn't, there's no burn marks uh, or uh, erosion from flames on the walls or anything like that. I didn't do it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Miss Lane, could you get the doctor? Sure thing. I head over to doctor's room. Maeve too. Okay. Okay, you head over to the doctor's uh, door, Lillian. I knock on it sharply. Guten Morgen. One moment, please. Get dressed with something more than my bed clothes, you know, a pair of pants and answer the door. While you're putting on your pants and kind of flopping a bit in the uh, semi-darkness of the uh, early morning, you see the clock on the wall reads three uh, reads four thirty-five. Four thirty-five in the morning. This is this is unacceptable. But why why are we awake, Miss Lane? Because there's something going on in Mister Forsythe's room. Can you go in there with Jack and check it out? I would be happy to. Thank you. Just a slight search of um, visually of the room, Jack. You're going to notice that all of uh, Mr. Forsyth's belongings are still seemingly visually there. So his suitcase, anything that he would have left as far as uh, toiletry items on the dresser where the mirror is, like a comb for his massive bushy beard, um, anything like that is still seemingly directly in its place. I, I will start kind of searching like under the bed and in the closet and stuff. Yeah, I mean, you had a pretty good judge of all the stuff that uh, he was bringing, mostly because he wasn't carrying it himself. <laughs> uh, the porters were carrying it, or you were carrying it down to the car. So everything physically here looks like it's been accounted for, except him. Once I'm dressed, uh, head over to Forsyth's room. Okay. And then, Lillian, are you waking Maeve? I am. I go and rap on her door as well. You hear a, a knock on your door, Maeve. Is there a peephole? Oh, absolutely. I'm going to look out. I trust no one. <laughs> uh, you see Miss Lane outside your door in what looks like a some sort of uh, evening coat or a house coat or something like that. Um, I will grab my, like, you know, robe or shawl or whatever and answer the sure. door. Hello. Hi. I know it's early, um, but one of the crew woke me up. Apparently there's something going on in Mr. Forsythe's room. Um, Jack and the doctor are already in there looking, taking a look. I was wondering if oh. you wanted to saunter on down and have a look-see as well. Sure. Doesn't sound good. No, there's quite the smell coming from the room. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Just to prepare you. I will uh, head down to the room. I follow behind her. Okay. Uh, your cursory search of the room, Jack, as far as under the bed, etc., doesn't really reveal anything uh, out of place. You know Mr. Forsyth is a fairly competent and organized man. Uh, he, he's, a, he's an everything-in-its-place sort of person, and nothing here uh, ruins that vision at all. Uh, doctor, your inspection of the room targets basically that your eyes target the bed as soon as you walk in uh, there is definitely a large black marring that's been done of the bed um, 
and then it runs up the wall almost all the way to the crown molding at the top of the, the white walls there. What do you make of these marks, Jack? It looks like there was a fire. Didn't burn anything. The rest of the room would have been consumed, I would think. Oh, yeah. The, the bedding would have at least been damaged, except they've just worked up like that. It's like burnt meat. Yeah, it, it definitely smells like burnt meat in here. Yeah, I don't know. No better. I'd say that he, uh, that Mr. Forsyth burned. Well, if he burned, where's the remains? There's just soot on the bed. There should be something more. You would think there would be more ash? Something. Oh. Are you saying, like, he combusted? Can people actually do that? Spontaneously? I don't believe so. I have heard the term, but I, to see it, this, I don't know. Even if he did, it would have damaged more than just leaving some black marks behind. Perhaps we find the number of people who could get into this room. Um, the crewmen who are outside the room, they mentioned that the uh, there's a bosun that will be down shortly to speak to you. He says that to you, Miss Lane. Thank you. Um, does anybody know when somebody no first noticed the smell? Uh, one of the crewmen turns to you and says, uh, I, sir, I noticed it when I was walking by. Um, we wouldn't be the first time that we've, uh, you know, caught a foul odor from one of the crew rooms. It happens. But uh, right. I raised the, you know, went and found a other crewmate here. He points to the other man in front of you. Uh, and then uh, we looked at the ledger and saw who had rented the rooms. And then we woke Miss Lane. And what what time were you about? What time were you walking by? Oh, no more than five or so minutes ago. And has anybody else walked by here previous to that? And this last evening? We have men that walk the decks, especially in first class. Um, and I can check with the bosunists when they've been through here last. Could you do that, please? Thank you. He nods and steps away. The other crewman steps back about three or four paces, but kind of stays in the general area. Um, Lillian and Maeve, you arrive back at the room. Is there anything in the room that might seem out of the ordinary for Mr. Forsyth? Is there any, like, note pads or anything with writing on them? Um, the enormous black mark on the bed is an irregularity for sure. Well, yeah. <laughs> other, other than that, uh, everything here looks like what you're, what you've come to know uh, Forsyth as, which is somebody who's very well, you know, taken care of, fastidious almost. One could say even perhaps a bit retentive when it came to being uh, everything in its place. So there's no shock to you here. There's nothing that looks strange enough that would pique your interest other than the fact that he's not here. That is quite unusual. A couple minutes pass, uh, and you see a older gentleman, black hair, similar crew coat as uh, the other gentlemen who were here, uh, but he walks with a definitive air of command. When he walks on into the down the hallway from 
uh, the stairs just beyond, uh, the crewman that's standing in the hallway next to you just simply pivots out of his way. And uh, he walks directly up to you, Miss Lane. I heard there's a disturbance. Yes, sir. sir. I'm uh, Bosun Milner. What seems to be the issue? He peeks his head inside. Um, one of our com- compatriots uh, is missing. Yeah, the, one of our compatriots is missing, and there seems to be a burn mark on his bed, and that god-awful smell. Um, Sigmund, you're in the room. Why don't you give me a spot hidden roll? Specifically because your attention's probably not directed at the bosun at the moment. 60 under 70, that is a success, sir. Um, you notice that there is a bit of a film on the bed. This um, blackened area of the bed has not degraded or burned away the sheets per se, but there is something almost uh, granular about what's been placed on these sheets. Can I get a sample of it? Uh, try to get a try to get a small sample of it in like a jar or vial from my bag. I'm going to have to go get my bag. Yeah. Get your kit or you'd have to modify something from something Forsyth had in the room. My bag is not too far away. I'll go get that. You duck out. Uh, the bosun looks at you, Jack, and says, uh, "You out? Uh, were any of you out drinking with him? Perhaps? If, has he gotten sick or something?" Oh no! I, we were, I was drinking with somebody else last night. It was he was injured? He was under the doctor's care here. But I like this. Well. Let me talk with my deckhands. I'll see if anybody's seen him on the uh, promenade or the deck walking around. It, uh, it wouldn't be unknown for someone to have gotten sick or whatever happened in here and then tried to get some fresh air by walking the deck. Maybe he's just um, out for a stroll. I mean, that's possible. There's no reason to think he uh, was here when this happened. Where's his uh? Where's his personal things that usually he keeps on him? So in the uh, chest of drawers, there's some of them, but most of them are in the stand-up closet there. You see to the left of the dresser. Can I um take a closer look at the bed, like and at the substance, or at like see if there's anything familiar looking? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess. How are you examining it? Well, I just want to know if it's something that's in my realm. Like, is it... Like you said, there was like... Well, I guess maybe I wouldn't notice there was a film, but like, basically I'm looking for like symbols or like if um, maybe the starter was a, a substance that I've been known to use or you know what I'm saying? Or if it seems like it was a simple fire. Okay. Um, so she's pretty sharp. I would say that Maeve is certain that this is not a fire. There is nothing... If there was a fire on the bed, the sheets, the mattress, the pillowcase, all of it would have been consumed, especially with a black mark half as big as a man. Like it, the, the black mark itself stretches across the entire bed from, from pillow uh, to the middle point of the bed. And also, too, the thing that you find curious is that the black marks themselves go under the pillow, but they don't go over top of the pillow either. Okay. So there's there's a very irregular burn pattern here. If this is a burn, which it doesn't seem to be. If I lift the blanket, does it go through? No. If you lift the blanket, you see a lot of these uh, 
black particulates, almost like they're um, black sand. That's the consistency of them. They sweep away from the point where you pick up, right? Like there's a film on the bed. Oh, okay. Okay. But it doesn't look like something like soaked through the blanket. It doesn't appear so unless you're taking off the blanket entirely to reveal what's underneath it. Um, no. But if I look under the bed, is there more stuff underneath it? There is not. Okay, if I... Well, okay, I'm going to try and be as ladylike as possible. I want to basically look under the bed and, like, look at the bottom of the mattress. That, that's not very ladylike. Um, <laughs> but that's okay. Um, so, yeah, you lift the you lift the mattress a little bit. Well, I mean, like, I want to, like, get under the bed and look at the mattress because I don't want to lift it and then knock all the stuff off of it. You know what I'm saying? Sure, absolutely. Uh, you duck your head under the bed. Yeah, more like I'm, like, scooting kind of under the bed. Jack, this is highly irregular, but it's par for the course. Investigations with Maeve include hiding under beds. Right, right. Burning things. and You get a bit under the bed, and... Uh, you don't see any sort of film or residue that coincides with the marks on the sheets. Okay. Now, it looks like in the picture, too, that it goes up the wall. It does. Now, does it go to a particular corner? No, it seems to run up the side of the wall, almost like there are two... There's a, there's a big blob of it in one section, and then it kind of trails off for a little while, and then there's a bit... Um, near the top of the crown molding there. Okay. Doctor, you return with your bag. Fantastic. I uh, quickly take a sample of the black uh, the black substance on the bed. And uh, can I use a pharmacy roll to see what that what I think that is? Absolutely. 58 under 68. So you believe that that substance is a form of hardened charcoal that's been burned. Hmm. And with the pharmacy roll as well and your successful spot hidden, you put two and two together and realize that one of the smells in this room is frankincense. That's the sweet smell that's in this room. Misoche, did you smell that? Frankincense? The incense. It would, that would be familiar to me, wouldn't it? Familiar enough. What you think, you snap to it immediately. Yes, that that's what you're smelling. That's part of what you're smelling. But you've been smelling quite a bit of the meat, and so that is definitely, it is definitely possible. Doctor, why don't you help me move the blanket now that you have a sample? I want to see what's under the blankets because if it goes under the pillow, but the pillow is not touched, what's underneath? the blanket, I guess. I certainly will. Help her lift the blanket gently off of the bed. You lift the blanket gently off the bed. You see that some of the particulates have gone through the mattress, but not too many of them. Um, I would say maybe a hundredth of the amount that you find on top have uh, pierced through. What do you think, Miss O'Shea? I don't know yet. It's weird, though. And what do you think, Jack? I think it's a little uh, early to decide what's happening yet. What happened? So is his 
personal effects in there? Yeah, absolutely. All of his stuff is here, except the clothes you last saw him in uh, earlier yesterday before you split up. The last time you guys saw him, what he was leaving the shooting area at the back of the ship, and he was headed towards uh, the smoking lounge to go play chess with people. Oh, by the way, is that a cabinet I see above the bed? Uh, it is absolutely a cabinet above the bed. What's in that cabinet? Are you going to open it up? Yeah. Uh, you find uh, two bottles of alcohol. Looks like they're whiskey. You're not sure where he got them from or where the, how they ended up in here, um, but they're, one is unsealed. Maybe it uh, looks like maybe a, a drink or two has been taken from it. It's possible he was uh, self-medicating. Uh, during his wounded stage. I told him not to drink during the wound. It wouldn't have been the first patient that didn't listen to you, Doctor. Nor will he be the last. This is a stone. Is uh, um, the stone he got his dream still there? No, Mr. Doyle. An excellent question. Um, the stone is missing. Okay, so he's missing. The clothes he was in last when we saw him yesterday are gone is gone. Everything else that he had with him, including most of the stuff he usually carries, is still here. Do you think those dream creatures he was talking about got him? I don't know why they would, uh... I mean, maybe they're not, the uh, bosun and stuff isn't in here, are they? No, um, the bosun has gone back to, uh, check with, uh, some papers, and, and you, you have, you haven't closed the door yet, but the investigators are in Mr. Forsyth's room, and the only, the only crewman is you know, four or five steps down from the door. Okay, I just want to make sure that they're not overhearing our uh, co- lunatic conversation. <laughs> I think that uh, Mr. Forsythe is walking around the ship, and he obviously didn't burn alive. Yeah, and they act awfully nonchalant for this kind of a scene. This probably isn't the first time. Well, I'm sure that this is not... Uh, it's strange, but I'm sure that they don't think anything strange about it. Just from your impressions, from what you were hearing, Miss Lane, you imagine that the crew thinks he got sick and is out wandering the ship. Which is probably where m- most of the time when this happens is what is happening. But I don't think in this case that's what's happening. How would you like to divine anything different? All right, so I go and I go and close the door to the room. So she closes the door, and then you're going to head over to the bed and um, spend some time caressing, no. touching the bed. <laughs> I go over, and I just I kind of saunter on over to the, to the bed and, you know, just put my hand on the bed. I kind of avoid all their eyes as I'm doing that. Would you like to make a sleight of hand roll to try to do it surreptitiously? Sure. You can make a slide of hand roll. Okay. Right, I get a ten out of ten. <laughs> Very good. Um, make sure you make a dot on your sheet. Okay, so now um, because he's because well, you're acting weird, or you're you're possibly acting weird. I think I'm gonna give everybody in the room a spot hidden roll if they want it. Well, that's not even fair. <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's a private investigator, so. <laughs> That's kind of my thing. It'd be a hard success. Ninety-two out of seventy, no deal. No deal. I got a twenty-six out of sixty-eight. 
So, Doctor, you're examining uh, the these uh, minerals or whatever it is that you found. You've managed to grab your kit. You've gotten a sample of them. You've kind of uh, maybe looked a little bit at the wall just to try to see if there's any differences in the consistency of the black marks. Um, so you're pretty well... Uh, your attention is pretty well focused. Fairly busy. Um, Jack, Millie comes over to the bed and she kind of gets near the bed and puts her hand on the bed itself and the sheets and she seems to stay there for a moment and for probably a good 15-30 seconds you don't think anything of it because you're looking around the room for more clues etc etc but what tips you off is that Maeve's eyes never leave what Lillian is doing and it's the minute passing and the two minute passing and Lillian seems to be very very focused on holding herself very still while she's touching this bed. Look at Maeve and uh, get Lillian. I'm like, uh, what the fuck, Nod? <laughs> and I nod. <laughs> <laughs> a, a few more heartbeats pass between the two of you, and the light hairs on your arms, Maeve, stand on end. I'm going to, like, really frantically start looking around. Not, like, act frantically, but you know how, like, you dart around, like, looking at the corners, like, what's coming? Like, I'm going to put my back so I'm facing a wall and looking out to the room. Okay. Uh, So go ahead and make your skill roll, Lillian, for uh, psychometry. Um, So what I need you to do is, in roll 20, go ahead and give me a um, slash 1d6 plus 4 roll. And then we're going to add four to that. All right, so here's how this works. You concentrate on the bed for a while, uh, what seems to be an eternity, and you begin in your to go through your senses, uh, the simple senses first, the sound of the boat, uh, the smell of the frankincense, this underlying tone of a raw meat smell, this almost coppery blood smell that's in this room. Uh, And then your uh, other senses pick up. Your view mentally shifts, and you see the bed and yourself, and everything else around it is black, and there is a lone light overhead, and you are purely focused on this bed. Uh, And you feel a strong and just really pervasive emotion this um, this emotion that just floods over you of fear and the fear gobbles you up and consumes you and at the end point at this focusing point of all this fear that's consuming your senses you feel the you feel the sound wave hit you of Forth- of Forsyth screaming in pain. I take a step back and kind of like jolt myself out of whatever wherever I just was. You jolt yourself up, you stand up, and you begin to get a rapid succession of images in your head. Inside this room you see a, a black cloud coalesce. It comes out of nowhere for a moment. It spins like a tornado. And this blackness grabs on to Forsyth's body. It rolls him over in the bed. 
before slamming him against the wall and then pushing him into an unnatural position against the wall. And then before he drops by the force of gravity back onto the bed, the pool of this cloud of granular sand blackness consumes him and he disappears with a pop and hiss. And then you kind of sort of start to see the cabin again with the other investigators around you who have now reacted to your strange uh, and much much uh, misunderstood movements. Uh, you also lose 10 points of magic. Oh my god. You okay, Miss Lane? I will be in just a second. You are definitely feeling weak. Just need to sit down. I go sit in the chair that's in the corner of the room. Collapse into the chair. You feel like you need a glass of water. Your throat is parched. Uh, Miss O'Shea, uh, out in the hallway with me, I will look at something. Sure. Could we like, she is a demon. <laughs> I'm gonna <laughs> follow him out. Um, what was that? I have no idea. But it wasn't okay, I don't think. No, that's not uh, usually something that okay people do. Yeah, that made... Like, even I could feel something weird. You both see the bosun heading back down towards the room. Everything all right, folks? Oh, we're just uh, talking. I got the information you were looking for, sir. I got a deckhand, Willard. He's on midship. He said he saw this man stumbling around hours ago. That was the last time? Yes, must have been just about midnight. He was having a conversation with uh, another man. I'm not sure who. But uh, I could get the uh, deckhand down here if you'd like his uh, story. Yeah, I'd like to have a description. Right away. Sorry, Jack, that's your territory there, but... Oh, that's, that's fine. I was going to say the same thing, so... It's like you're both investigators. Oh, really? I don't know if you can find anything out about what might have happened in there now. Well, the thing that's weird is I could feel energy, but she didn't say any words and she didn't use anything, so that's kind of out of my realm a little bit. Does she look... Does Miss Lane look obviously peaked? Oh, yeah, she looks... She's gone a bit pale. She's a little sweaty at this point. She needs water. Um, I, she looks like she's just run a marathon. I bring her a glass of water and offer her, uh, well, actually offer her a vitamin shot or, you know. The two of you head back into the room then, Jack and, and Miss O'Shea? Yeah. yeah. Okay. A couple, uh, you see that the doctor is attending to her. She seems to be very much the same state as you left her, wiped out uh, a little bit um, clammy maybe. It's got a bit of a perspirated forehead. Check her pulse. Oh, it's like it's it's probably a little bit high for someone of her size and weight. It's not racing by any means, but whatever happened, she has she's had some sort of physiolog physiological change. Are you feeling okay, Miss Lane? Yeah, I'll I'll be fine. It's just been a really long time since I've done that. If you don't mind me asking, done what exactly? 
I was going to say that apparently somebody saw Forsyth talking with a, uh, another man last night about midnight. So we're going to have the individual give us a description of him. Well, he came back to his room. So I don't want to, I don't want to frighten you, but I, I did see what took Mr. Forsyth. Uh-huh. This morning. Well, just now when I was touching the bed. Um, I could definitely tell that Mr. Forsyth was scared. And um, it seemed to be a large black cloud. Um, that's what the grainy stuff is that you guys are seeing on the um, comforter. Um, it looks like the black cloud picked him up and threw him against the wall, hence the marks against the wall, and then enveloped him and he disappeared. He was still alive at the time when they, when it took him because I could feel that he was scared. Um, but after that, I don't, I don't know where they took him to. Well, how you gained this information, notwithstanding. If he was alive when they took him, then he is probably alive now. I would hope so. But I, I don't know. It, obviously, it was magical in nature. I mean, maybe the person he was talking to at midnight was the entity that took him. I, I don't know. But he was taken, and it, that's all I got. Sorry. Yeah, um, James, Sigmund probably has a bit of uh, kind of the old country tales in his background uh, from where he grew up. Uh, he's uh, he's probably somewhat familiar with uh, rumors, anyway, of uh, talented women or um, those who maybe have the they might have called them you know the the those who have the blood and see things. The maybe people thought they were wives' tales, but there's there's an awful lot of belief in uh, in the old uh, hills and and uh, forests of Germany that these people definitely exist. Oh yes, it, our folklore is rife with people of such caliber. I do not find it difficult to believe, considering everything else we have seen up to this point. But what I do see is that you need to take care of yourself if you continue to do this, Miss Lane. It is not good. It does not. It does not seem to be very healthy for your body. That's one of the reasons I don't use it very often. I, I thought this would be an extreme situation. Um, that and most people around you, they knew that I could do that. Would or if I said I could, would think I was crazy. Mike, now yeah. was <laughs> the thing that followed me from the asylum. Was that more of a black cloud, or was that like a shadow in the sky? That's more of that was more of a shadow in the sky. The okay. tough part for your brain to reconcile is that a lot of the descriptive terms that your mother used when she explained what this that creature outside the window looked like, a mm -hmm. lot of them coincide with the stuff that Miss Lane used as descriptive terms. So it's kind That's of throwing kind of what I was thinking. Yeah, it uh, it's definitely making it tough on your brain. I'm going to look at Jack and ask, Mr. Forsyth, what did he do when we were in Arkham? 
Where did he go? Uh, he's. I think he spent most of the time with us. He never crossed yeah. the river. The only thing that you can remember, Jack, that you can't account for as far as his time in Arkham was that he spent time uh, in the Arkham library that year uh, for hours that you're not aware of what he was doing. Right, because we kind of separated in the library. So, I mean, yep. that's what he was doing in the library. Mike, where's the library uh, located in Arkham? It's inside the university itself, or it's oh, okay. it's on the campus. So, okay, yeah, it's a famed library. So, okay. uh, and it's known to have all sorts of. Yeah, I just wasn't sure if he was in the university library or if he was like in another. You know what I'm saying? Like a little public library, or sure. you know. Yep. No, he does not appear to have been in a public library. But yeah, the the terms are very similar. There's a there's another knock on the door. Um, I'll answer the door. There's a younger man tips his cat to you. Um, his uh, hat to you. Apologies for uh, the uh, the knock, but uh, I was told that someone wanted to see me. Um, he uh, extends uh, a greeting to you. I'm uh, Jack Hand Willard. I was midship. The bosun sent me down. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm Maeve, and this is Jack. Jack probably has some questions for you. Sir, um, I'm told that you uh, witnessed and who stayed in this room talking to another man last night? Uh, yes, sir. I did see a man midship deck uh, probably just about midnight uh, while I was doing my rounds. Uh, he, um, uh, he was talking with another man. Did you describe the other man? Uh, yeah, he's, uh, relatively short, not, uh, not all that, uh, he's not easy to look at if you take my meaning, sir. Uh, bit of a, uh, bit of a, well, quite frankly, he's a bit of a ghastly fellow, sir. Um, but apologies for describing him like that. Uh, slick back hair, black, uh, he's staying here in the first class cabin. He, uh, I mean, uh, most of the crew here know him. He's uh, Mr. Wild. Looks like I talked to him. Mm, indeed. I, uh, I'd, I'd seen them earlier in the day playing chess together, so I figured it was just a friendly conversation after a game. So it didn't look like they were arguing or anything? Oh, no, sir. It looked like they were having a relatively quiet conversation. Nothing looked out of place. Okay. Thank you very much. I don't think I need any other information. Anyone else? Thank you, sir. Miss Lane, after sitting for, you know, five or ten minutes, you feel like you could probably be ambulatory? I slowly rise from the, the chair. Yeah, you definitely use the uh, sides of the chair to stand up. Breakfast is going to be, it looks like on the calendar, breakfast is going to be in about uh, 30 minutes to an hour. So you guys have some time. I think I'm going to head back to my room and freshen up and not wear my nightgown to breakfast. It's probably a good idea. Yeah, I'm going to go get dressed. Yeah, this is also a good idea. You guys head off, uh, get dressed, and meet back up for breakfast. Um, 
it's relatively speaking it's a fairly busy morning in the first class dining area uh, but that said you've gotten here early uh, so some of the folks who slept in from last night aren't here yet um, but there is probably a good 20 or 30 guests in a room that carries you know several several times that amount so you've got definitely some space and you uh, sit together and have some breakfast the coffee is wonderful um, it definitely invigorates you Miss Lane perfect it's hard to get the look of uh, Mr. Forsyth out of your mind when he's tumbling over uh, and over and over and being whipped around by this cloud of blackness uh, you can you felt true terror from the remains that were left behind I'm pretty silent at breakfast, just drinking coffee and picking away at food. You should eat, Miss Lane. Regain your strength. I'm working on it, Doctor. I'm working on it. Jack, go ahead and give me a spot hidden roll. It appears to be a success. While you're sitting at the large breakfast table with the uh, investigating crew, you spy across near uh, one of the edges of the eatery a, uh, a gentleman that has brought a cat to breakfast. Uh, you see he's taken this cat and he has it kind of under one arm. And with his right arm, he's using that uh, you know, appendage to wield the fork to get breakfast into his, uh, in his mouth. But you can see... What catches your eye specifically is that this cat seems to keep biting his hand. Uh, not in a, in a loving way either. Uh, but the cat isn't squirming so much like it's trying to get away. It just seems to be biting him. Oh. He is also probably one of one of the ugliest men you've ever seen in your life. Um, I must be Mr. Wild. The short with slick back hair. He is definitely short. Uh, he also has another gentleman with him. Uh, this guy looks almost academic. I'm going to approach their table. Okay, you have to walk across the dining hall, but uh, you get up and... Excuse me, Mr. Wild. The uh, gentleman looks up. You see him give you a good once-over. Can I help you? Uh, I believe you uh, know a friend of mine, uh, Mr. Forsythe. He gives you a, a wide but almost broken smile. Uh, you can see that uh, it looks like he hasn't, he didn't unfortunately uh, do himself any favors growing up uh, and take care of his teeth. Um, he uh, nods for a moment and says, Yes, uh, I. Uh, met Mr. Forsyth yesterday. The cat bites at his hand and claws at it while you're there. Oh, uh, unfortunately, uh, he's gone missing. Truly. His, um, his face changes a little bit. Missing, you say? Uh, uh, sometime in the night, and I had heard that you had talked to him about midnight or so. Hmm. That, Archer? 
he seems to announce to the table. They're checking up on me again. Yes, I strolled on the deck and saw Mr. Forsyth. It must have been middle of the night. I couldn't sleep. It's fair. Um, we're just trying to kind of pin down the last time somebody have seen him. Do you know what time you parted ways? It must have been just after midnight. We uh, we shared a cigar on the deck. Your, your friend Forsyth is quite the chess player. Yes, uh, yes, he keeps trying to get me to play, and that's not my game. It's good to know which games to play and which ones to leave behind. I'd actually uh, complimented him in his uh, travel. He's been all many places, some places few have been. Mm-hmm. He, uh, he was a widely traveled and uh, good man. Oh, Red, too. I tried to uh, interest him in a book I have, but he wouldn't have any part of it. He said that he was on the mend still. said something about a gun shop wound. It sounded terrible. Yeah, he, uh, he had a bit of a, um altercation with some other men. Hmm. But midnight, Mr. Doyle, that's when I would have seen him. Uh, thank you for your help. Uh, he didn't unusual or anything that stuck out to you. He seemed tired. It was after midnight, and he is recuperating from a gunshot wound, so that makes sense. Seems to, yes. The cat um, hisses at you and then bites down on his hand again. It doesn't seem like Mr. Wild really reacts very much. You can also see up close, he has scratches, uh, claw marks and scratches on his face. They're not very wide or big, but you can see that the cat has definitely scratched him more than a few times. Uh, what, a, what a charming uh, line. It's its name. Hmm. Yes, the cat here is... Uh, but it is my penance to bear, and so it has no other home except with me. I could leave it here on the deck or in my cabin, but it would simply make a mess of everything. Duh. I would uh, get a pet, but it doesn't appear to it, it likes me much. Oh, no. The cat doesn't like anyone. Then, well, nice talking to you. You head back over. Sit down back at your table with your compatriots. That was uh, that was an interesting conversation. He talked to him last night about midnight, and they went their separate ways. And Mister uh, Foresight seemed uh, quiet, uh, you know, tired. Well, that's hardly a surprise. I'm just on high alert for weird stuff. I mean, aside from the guy holding a cat, because Jake talked to him, so you know. It is definitely a little different. The movement of breakfast is pretty normal other than that. The gentleman with the cat, who uh, Mr. Doyle identified as Mr. Wilde, gets up. He has a a gentleman with him, a younger gentleman, as I mentioned before. He's wearing a... He looks very academic. He's wearing a dark suit. He seems to walk with the uh, shorter man, and they leave breakfast probably not more than five minutes after Doyle returns. Miss Lane, the bosun finds you at breakfast. You see uh, 
You see the same man that uh, found you in the cabin area. This would be uh, Boson Milner. Uh, Miss Lane, may I trouble you for a moment? Absolutely. What can I help you with, sir? Um, I wanted to let you know that we've done a search of the vessel here over the past hour or so. We have not been able to locate Mr. Forsythe. I appreciate your, you and your crew looking for him. Well, it's captain's orders, ma'am. We can't have guests going missing. That's unacceptable. I just wanted to let you know that uh, Captain Barkley has said that we would continue our search for the morning in hopes of locating him. Unfortunately, it is possible that he may have, with the wound, um, may have fallen over. And while we keep a watch all night, uh, none of my uh, crewmen mentioned anyone falling over. I would have known. Well, I appreciate you doing your your due diligence. Oh my gosh. Appreciate you doing your due diligence. Um, if anybody happens to find him, if you could let us know, that would be great. Of course. Of course. Now, uh, I'll take my leave of you. Uh, he looks around the table and wishes everyone a good morning. It looks like he's been up for probably about 15 hours. I nod at him and go back to drinking coffee. And so that's what we have. We have the curious case of a missing Forsyth. Um, so give me a rundown, each of you, how you're going to spend the balance of this third day at sea. Well, I'm going to be on high alert. So I'm basically just going to be looking around, like, you know, wandering around for anything that, you know, is in my realm of weird and listening for particular sounds that I have heard before. Mm. And, uh, yeah, pretty much it. Okay. Uh, doctor, are you doing anything specific with the, um, your sample that you've uh, managed to relieve the bedroom I'd of? I'd like to run it through some further testing if I can do so, just to see if I could really figure out what, you know, if this end has any further properties that I'm unaware of. And uh, then I think I will take a constitutional around the ship. Okay. Anyone spending their day maybe dedicating themselves to raising any specific skills? Sea voyages are very common for that. You mean like my, my rifle skill? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you do have at least... Or other potential targets, right? You know, he's bosun, captain. You could go after anybody, I suppose, Miss Lane. No, oh, that's just so wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, I plan to t uh, recharge for the day. Am, am I to go to dinner tonight with Mr. Taft? Sure. I'm going to try to read some of my books that I picked up in New York. Excellent idea. They lock down Forsyth's room. Uh, mm. And so that nobody goes in or out. And the uh, word you get back, Miss Lane, is that the uh, captain is considering him missing uh, at sea at the moment. And uh, they want to make sure that no one goes in his room just in case uh, it has to be turned over to the authorities. 
Well, he's missing, all right. Seems to be. So, Jack, you spend the day reading. Why don't you just give me an, uh, an idea roll just to see how much uh, kind of sticks after the day? And then, Doctor, why don't you give me um, either a chemistry or pharmacology roll? That's a sweet roll there, Jack. That's a sweet roll. That is... Uh, that's the worst possible role. Yeah, it is. That's a critical failure on an intelligence idea role. Um, so here, here's what happens. Um, Jack, you close the book probably 1030 because it is quite possibly some of the most boring, dry historical reading you've ever done. And you just can't possibly uh, continue. Especially when I've got to the whole foresight thing in my mind. Yeah, that's part of it. Uh, the other thing that draws you away for sure is uh, you get another knock on your door. And that knock on your door is Steve. And Steve is ready to, by, you know, 11 o'clock or so in the morning, he's ready to go. All right, all right. So you ditch the old dusty tomes for uh, a day of drinking and fun and all sorts of amenities on the Aquitania with an old war buddy. And is literally almost what the doctor ordered. Speaking of the doctor, that is an extreme success I see on your pharmacy roll. So here's what you nail down, doctor. Um, part of what this stuff is, is definitely charcoal but there are minerals in this that you do not readily recognize and the extreme portion of it that's super important is is that it piques your memory of something you read in one of the books that miss o'Shea had uh, as some type of arcane componentry you would just need probably want or need her assistance to decipher what it's called i go i go and find miss o'Shea She's literally hunting the ship looking for strange things. No, I'm kidding. Oh, you do find her. I'm walking around with Mr. Burns' arms going, What's weird? Miss O'Shea, I am in need of your assistance, please. Okay, what do you need? Well, I have nailed down, as it were, most of the ingredients of what this residue is, but I will need your help to figuring out what the what they are called. Okay. If that makes any sense at all. Perhaps. I will uh, go look at his uh, his chemistry set. Okay. Yeah, he definitely has something unique here. Um, you think it's probably best to deconstruct it? Uh piece by piece so you would take bits of it and you would treat it with different sorts of chemicals maybe get it into a mortar and pestle and try to crush parts of it uh, to see if there's anything inside you guys put it through its paces um, and I guess the question I have for you is how long are you, the two of you planning on working together on this oh I'll I'll work as long as I need to because I'm interested now. You know how I get hyper-focused. I do. I do know how you get. 
Okay. So are you going to commit maybe the day to doing that? I will. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So, Miss O'Shea, I'd like you to make a Cthulhu Mythos roll. And, Doctor, if you want to make an occult roll for me, you can. Uh, No. 90 out of 20. Right. We'll get that. That's fine. Um, So you guys spend the day, and you don't come to a conclusion on what the powder is, but you definitely get one little piece of what you think uh, the puzzle is. Uh, So after deconstructing this stuff and getting it into, uh, putting it through its paces, you think that there is jasmine that's been added to whatever this is. Because after revealing it, you see some, you you can you begin to smell it on your fingertips after having worked through the powder. You also get a flush of cedar as well. So whatever this powder is, it is the remains of something. Miss O'Shea, you're you're fairly familiar with spell work, and you believe at this point what this is is it is the collected remains of maybe the inside of a cauldron or some type of uh device that was used to create this powder so whatever components that they put in there to create this spell has been left behind that's correct yep okay uh, so that's what the two of you come to you work directly through lunch directly through tea time and uh you know the year 30 whatever it is the folks call it back then uh you Speak- work through all that Speaking of, I, I slowly Irish my drinks most of the day. Not getting schnockered or anything, but we're on vacation. Sure, absolutely. <laughs> of course we are. We're on vacation. The later the day, the the more the more German my drinks get. You um you ease into the evening, right? Miss Lane, you prepare for your dinner. I sure am. Uh so as the group begins to go towards dinner uh, that evening, uh, we will pull the, the curtain shut on this episode. So as you head to dinner, uh, some of you famished, some of you already uh, half in the bag. Jack, you and Steve have been out most of the day, uh, and you're fairly liquid at this point. Excellent. And uh, Miss Lane, uh, you have managed to recuperate a bit of your own energy. You feel almost back to normal, uh, having spent such an effort earlier today. But the thread that ties you all together is at this point, uh, you are missing someone, someone who came with you and is now gone in a puff of smoke. And on that note, I'll call this session to a close. So I want to thank all of our listeners for listening. I really, really appreciate it. Those of you that stopped into the Discord server, it's been great to get a chance to talk to you and to meet the cast uh, and to meet you. So uh, we look forward to seeing you all again next week. 